From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Not Left to Perish. The text is Psalm 16, verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. This word has its proper fulfillment in the Lord Jesus, but it applies also, with a variation, to all who are in Him. Our soul shall not be left in the separate state, and our body, though it see corruption, shall rise again. The general meaning, rather than the specific application, is that to which we would call your thoughts at this particular time. We may descend in spirit very low, till we seem to be plunged in the abyss of hell. But we shall not be left there. We may appear to be at death's door in heart and soul and consciousness, but we cannot remain there. Our inward death as to joy and hope may proceed very far, but it cannot run on to its full consequences so as to reach the utter corruption of black despair. We may go very low, but not lower than the Lord permits. We may stay in the lowest dungeon of doubt for a while, but we shall not perish there. The star of hope is still in the sky when the night is blackest. The Lord will not forget us and hand us over to the enemy. Let us rest in hope. We have to deal with one whose mercy endures forever. Surely, out of death and darkness and despair, we shall yet arise to life, light, and liberty.
In the midst of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of Preparing to Meet God, and we'll be happy to provide it. Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns will bring the concluding portion of a message entitled The Day of Pentecost, part of this series on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that day was the secret of the power of the early church. The experience of Pentecost is not to be confined to the early church. The power of the Spirit should be evident in the lives of individual Christians as well as in the church as a whole. The message of Pentecost for our day calls upon God's people to focus not upon the miraculous signs of the event, 
but upon the power of the Holy Spirit to enable believers to live and witness effectively in this world. Now Dr. Cairns will conclude this message, The Day of Pentecost. The wind would remind us of the sovereignty, John 3 and 8, he blows where he wishes. The sovereignty of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. The irresistible might of the Spirit. And the life-giving breath of the Spirit. These are all included in the idea of the wind. And then the fire. Purifying. And spreading. The tokens of the Spirit. What is the message of Pentecost then from the tokens? The message of Pentecost from the tokens that he uses is that God has visited his church with a sovereign, life-giving exhibition of saving power. That he purifies first his people to use them as instruments in the work of God. And that he spreads irresistibly so that no man can stop him. And everything... What a picture it is of revival power. Everything in the path of God the Holy Spirit is like fuel for fire. Oh, that we could grasp the message of Pentecost for our day then. Then there's the tongues at Pentecost. Time does not permit me to get into a big discussion on the tongues of the Bible and the tongues of the modern charismatic movement. Sufficient to say that in Acts 2 we're dealing with real languages. I remember pointing this out many years ago. Many people want to call themselves Pentecostalists. That's basing their experience obviously in Acts 2. And yet when I pin them down, uh, they tell me, well, Acts 2 might have been actual languages, but we are going by 1 Corinthians 14, and there uh, they are ecstatic utterances. Well, first of all, I don't believe that 1 Corinthians 14 is teaching we have ecstatic utterances, meaningless uh, gibberish in the church. I don't believe that at all. But even allowing it for the sake of argument, wouldn't it be more honest then for this movement to call itself a Corinthian movement? than a Pentecostal movement? Why not? Well, Corinthian has too many overtones and undertones, I suppose. But Pentecost, they were real languages. In verse 6, in fact, the Greek word is dialect. Just to make sure we understand that the word tongue means, a word, uh, means language, it is the very dialects. They understood each one in his own language. Now let me say certainly this was a miracle. It was a sign of the Spirit's fullness. It has absolutely no, no connection with what modern charismatics parade as the Pentecostal gift. These were real languages. Theirs are not real languages. These were used for preaching. The ones today are normally used for praying and whatnot. These came on all the disciples who were gathered, without exception. And yet it's strange that in later cases, some later cases, there was no mention of tongues of any description. And then Paul tops it all when he teaches clearly that all are not supposed, even in those early days of the church, all were not supposed to speak in tongues. So in the early church, they were not essential to the fullness of the Spirit. 
Well, let me say, these are the real tongues of Scripture. And even then, they were not the essential mark. They were part of God's work in the day of Pentecost, but they were not thereafter an essential mark upon all people who were filled with the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, they were a real miracle. They were a real miracle. You'll have to study a little more fully to follow me through in this. I'm only going to make the statement that in the physical realm, pure miracle in Scripture only takes place in a period of revelation when God is revealing some new stage in the history of redemption. This Bible revelation is finished. And the next period of revelation has to do with the personal coming of Jesus Christ. And not until then will there be a return to physical miracles in the church. Just one final note about the tongues. Just to clear a little away, will you notice the absolute absence of the hoopla? It's a good American word that I've learned since I came here. Of the modern charismatic movement. There's no working up of emotions here. None. There's no great tarrying meeting here. In fact, they were told to sit. They were told to wait. And there was none of the circus atmosphere that I have found when I have gone to certain meetings uh, where people have been supposedly getting the Holy Ghost. None of the kind of nonsense that we had in Belfast when uh, people were getting it, as they said, and getting slammed by it, which I don't find at all in Scripture. And uh, one fellow got so much of it that he was flat out cold and they were coming around evangelists and all and battering his face, the poor character. I think that would be more likely to knock you out than get you up again. But they were smacking around his face, something into him, and that wasn't doing any good until finally they had to start praying that God would take it away again. And that sort of thing, and this is in a public meeting. That sort of thing is not only distressing to saints, but it is altogether blasphemous to God. There is nothing approaching that in Acts 2. Here you've got people in obedience to the command of their risen Lord. And they're saying, Lord, we need to wait for the power of the Spirit of God. I'm all for Christians getting before God and waiting as a church before God. Lord, vision is with power. I'm all for that. But let us not whip up mere emotions. Let us not get into a circus and think that we have got Pentecost. Let us not take that which belongs to the purely miraculous, which by his own sovereign decree, God has removed from the purpose of his church today. It's so taken up with that miraculous that we will miss the reality of the power of the Spirit to witness for Christ.
because the main message of Pentecost is testimony. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. What did he preach? First, the people who spoke in the foreign languages spoke of the wonderful works of God. You think of that. Is there any message America needs to hear more today? I get sick listening to so-called spirit-filled preachers, and they have a wonderful message. There's a woman in Dallas, Texas, with a boy on her toe, and God has told me you're going to get rid of that boy tonight. Wonderful news for a country in the age of destruction. The message of the Spirit in the day of Pentecost, the wonderful works of God, the wonderful work of redemption, Christ crucified, risen, glorified, and able to save. The wonderful work of regeneration, the wonderful work of forgiveness through the blood of the Lamb. That's the message of Pentecost today is the power and the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit in the church of Jesus Christ, making that church an effective witness to her risen Lord. And the triumph of it, thank God, is very clear. For 3,000 souls were saved. 3,000 souls were saved. My friend, this is Pentecost. Not mere history. It's God's message, not just for the church today, but for this church today. I've said it before and I say it again. The Spirit of God, as I read this Bible, has never been withdrawn. God the Holy Spirit has been given to the church of Christ and He has never been withdrawn. I know that every believer is indwelt by the Spirit. But I tell you... Pentecost tells me of a people who had received the Spirit personally for Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. It tells me of a people who were regenerated, a people who were indwelt by the Spirit of God, and yet they needed the mighty demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit of God to witness to Christ. tells me that that's what the Church of Christ needs today. Just let me close like that. There are people who so despise what they call charismatic movement and they label as charismatics many people who are not necessarily charismatic at all that they would wipe out any experience of the Holy Spirit. I have criticized very strongly certain excesses. But let me tell you, my friend, those excesses are no more grieving to God than the wicked, and I use that word advisedly, the wicked and consistent neglect in our fundamental churches of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And I know people noted for their orthodoxy. And my, they would use a Bunsen burner on a Pentecostalist. That's the only fire they ever knew. 
When you go to hear them preach and get into their churches, you find them prayerless, careless, without any evidence of the power and working of God the Holy Spirit. There are a few things that are all wrong. There are some, but there are a few that are all wrong. And if the modern charismatic phenomenon has done anything good, I believe it has forced many Christians at least to go back to their Bible and start asking serious questions. Is there not power for us today? Do not fall into the trap of the worldling. Do not say, look at Baker, that shows it's all rubbish. Yes, what he was doing is all rubbish. But what God the Holy Ghost is doing is not rubbish. There is a real power. And every exhibition of the counterfeit, rather than putting us off the reality, should just make us realize that if it's worth the devil's while to counterfeit by all the circus atmosphere, then it's worth our while to get back to experience in our churches what God has set forth in his word. And I say this to you in my last sentence. I say this to you. In our churches, including this one, I'm not speaking about other people preeminently. When our churches start to experience Pentecost, as our orthodox forefathers did, there would be no place and no excuse for all the counterfeits that so many Christians find so nauseating today. Let us therefore get back to the reality. Start using Luke 11:13. Start as a church asking that God will lead us into the experience of Pentecost in all its scriptural fruits. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. 
That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 